Hey folks, welcome to this episode of the Everyday Millionaire Podcast and the Mindset Matters Edition, where I'm joined by my wife and Olympic mental performance coach, Stephanie Hanlon-Francie. Together, Stephanie and I engage in a conversation about different aspects of what we refer to as Mindset Matters. We believe that we're living in and through one of the most impactful global events in history. And let's face it, few have trained for or are equipped to deal with the life that is unfolding before them. The need to pivot in your business, your career, or perhaps deal with shifting family dynamics lies before many. We hope to inspire you to ask yourself questions or pause to consider how you view your world, your life. We'll invite you to check in on where you are on your journey, and are you still clear on your intended destination, or has it changed? Join us for this in our series of Mindset Matters. Listen in, enjoy. Hey folks, welcome to the Everyday Millionaire Podcast. This is the Mindset Matters edition. Stephanie, welcome. Hey hon. So we've got a big topic to talk about and it all started this week, this past week, when we did our first Wednesday of every month with the Real Estate Investment Network. We do the Breakfast Club where we kick off the month with setting some 30-day goals that set you up for your bigger goals. Anyways, that's not what it's about, but the theme was what was really cool. And this was an exercise I did several years ago and got introduced to, which was identifying your superpower. Powers. What are your superpowers? And the opposite of that, if you're a Superman guy, girl, what's What's your your kryptonite? Okay. So superpowers, this is such an interesting conversation. And, you know, I think it's a really, really interesting one because when it comes in the, you know, when we wrap the context of mindset matters around it, sometimes we don't realize what either our superpower is or our kryptonite. So what that means is what we're really, really brilliant at and what shuts us down. Now, it's interesting is that people, we all have our superpower. Known or unknown. Well, but that's the thing is that often we don't know what our superpower is. And when I first did the exercise, we did it as a team, an executive team, and we went around the table. First, we did the exercise. What do you think your superpowers are? And I have to be honest with you, I was pretty stuck. I don't know that I could identify what my superpowers were. And then the other side of that question was, what is your kryptonite? Well, I probably could identify my kryptonite a little bit better. But that's all to say this is the way we did that exercise was we went around and each of us spoke about the how we saw somebody on the team, what we believe their their uh, superpower was, and what we saw as their kryptonite. Because sometimes it's easier to have the input from people that you work with, people that you're close to. They can see your gifts. They can see maybe the things that you're not so gifted at. So doing it as a team, and you were facilitated, right? It was facilitated, but it wasn't the the thing about it is it doesn't have to be facilitated. You know, first and foremost is we have to stop to think about what our superpowers are because mostly our superpowers are those things that we're good at. So I'll give you an example of mine just to give you an example. So I've got a couple of superpowers, one of which is I'm known as a MacGyver. Okay, because it's just, if something's broken, I just figure it out. I just know how to fix it. Mechanical inclination is high. That was one of the many gifts that my father left me with. But 
not just that, I also have a way of taking some complex issues and really making them simple. I'm able to break them down into segments and then I'm able to present them in a way that even a complicated issue can be understood by anybody who's maybe like, not, like me like you kind of sure. simple yeah <laughs> well no but i'm i'm actually i i'm the way the, the reason i do that is because i have to i have to be able to take a complex issue and break it into many parts or uh, several parts in order to understand it so that's a couple of my superpowers what's your superpowers well, the first time I was asked that was a young uh, figure skater named Tessa Virtue. I'm not sure if you heard of her, um, but she's an Olympic and world champion. And she asked me one day, "What, Stephanie, like I've known you all these years, what's your superpower? And I thought about it for a second and nobody had ever asked me that. But I had said to her, it's invisibility invisibility. And I was thinking back in the day, of course, you think about the superheroes on TV and all that Marvel and all that stuff. But when I said invisibility, what it meant was, is that I don't impose myself in situations. I own who I am. I'm grounded and centered. So I, when I show up, I show up for, for, for truly who, who I am without a show. And when I explained it to her like that, she said, wow, that's why I've been able to, or for me, that's why I've been able to show up in the world stage, in the Olympic game stage, and, and you know, speaking on, on huge stage is because I don't have a need to show up as anything other than I am. So my superpower, one of them is invisibility. So how does that serve you? Let's, let's talk about how superpowers serve us. I mean, when I talk about MacGyver and being able to take... Oh, wait, but we may have some young listeners. They may not who know who MacGyver is. That's true. Explain. So MacGyver was a character on television. There was a weekly series about him for many years. I think they've re-stated yeah, they've the show. Yeah, they re it. Yeah, they re it. So, you know, MacGyver was the guy... To, there was He was always in trouble. There was always a fire to fight. There was always a bad guy to bust. And he was able to, you know, make you know, do just do ridiculous things like, you know, he'd be trapped and he couldn't get out of it. And he, you know, set a bomb using a microwave oven. You know, he would <laughs> like, it was like crazy. He could just do anything. You know, take a water cooler and it explodes at exactly the right time. And, you know, it was put, pretty cool, actually. Puts out the fire. Anyways, the point of it is, is that was a reference to a character in a show. But the but really it was being able to mechanically make things work and do funky things with, you know, basically, you know, duct tape and... And bobby pins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so I have that kind of unique... It's a gift. Unique talent. And, and, but it doesn't just apply to mechanical things. It is lots of situations as well. So those are some of the superpowers I have. The thing is, is I had trouble identifying them because to us, it's just natural. To me, that's just a natural thing. I don't think about it. I just, how my brain works. I look at stuff and fix it. You know, we just had that happen today. You know, we had one of our good friends say, Patrick, can you MacGyver this? And I... Can well, you fix this blender thing? Yeah, it was broken. There's something I can't do this. And, you know, in a couple of minutes, it was really fixed. And and by the way, she's very mechanically inclined. So, but it was, to me, it was just like, okay, solve the problem. I think that's normal. However, it's not. There's lots of guys, lots of girls, lots of people that don't have that same inclination. So the point of it is, is where are we going with this? Well, think about it for a second. Let's not step over this. Is what we're talking about is we all have gifts. We all have things that we're brilliant at, but many times we don't know what it is. Either that we're not acknowledged 
for it or we just take it for granted because it's easy. It's just natural. It's natural for me to to enter a room and be invisible but still shift the energy and, and you know elevate things and I didn't know that was a gift. I didn't know that when I entered a room that I could actually change the energy and empower people. I didn't know that was a thing mm-hmm. until it was pointed out to me. So I think there's people possibly listening to this podcast going, I don't know what my gift is. A hundred percent. Well, we know that's the case. We, and that's why we're doing this particular Mindset Matters segment is because it's important to start to get a handle on what your superpowers are. And number one, sometimes just as simple as acknowledging it and realize- or that- or that it's a thing. And, or that, that it's you a thing. have a superpower or more than one. Well, here's the other side of it. Are you taking and getting the most or taking, I don't want to say taking advantage of, but are you leveraging your superpower? You know, because the thing about superpowers is they do come quite naturally. It's not that you never have to work on them because I've got many, many hours of working on a few of my superpowers. But the point is, is that when you're living your superpowers, first and foremost, it's one of the things that come to you quite naturally. You're generally going to be curious about it. So if all of a sudden an article pops up, you're going to be reading about it. If something shows up, you're going to be looking at it. If there's a conversation, you want to talk about it because you're curious. You want to know more about it. You're interested in it. And when the opportunity shows up, you're the most confident in it. So when somebody says something's broken, when somebody says something is doesn't make sense, when somebody says, we got to look at how to make this work better, I'm, I'm going, okay, no problem. Let's just get it done. I have no, you know, like it doesn't bother me. Other people would go, what? What? We got to get a guy. (laughs) We got to get a guy. Hey, wait a sec. I got a guy. Okay. But now there's another side of this conversation called superpowers, which is what is your kryptonite? We're going to get to that in just a second. Now, how do we identify our superpowers? One of the most, I think, effective ways is to really have a, ask one of your closest friends, your family member, what do I do that? And, and maybe the question is, what would you trust your, what would you trust your life on for me to do? Because you know, it's going to get handled. Wow. That's amazing. So yeah. So, so say that again. Well, when you're looking at it, I think it's a, it's a cool question, right? Which is, you know, if, so if somebody said to me, you know, Steph, what would you trust your life as Stephanie that she was going to get done? And I'd say problem solve, take a chaotic situation and make it make sense and get all the ducks in a row and just take chaos as much as she is really good at creating chaos, by the way, (laughs) FYI, FYI, you're good at sorting through chaos. So if, if there's a, you know, if there's chaos happening in a, in a, in an environment, I'm not worried. If you're there, I know it's going to get sorted because you can do that. Yeah. And what's interesting about that is that also connects to my invisibility is that when I can really zone in and get quiet and handle stressful uh, uh, situations and adversity, what happens is that I I get super laser beam focused. Mm -hmm. So that is definitely what you can count on me for. So when you're, if you're doing, if you're interested in doing this exercise, if you're asking yourself right now, what the hell is my superpower, right? And, you know, even, so we know some, I'm going to go back to only because we know some people that have, are are really gifted at what they do, but they don't, number one, look at it as their, their superpower. It's just what they do, right? They don't consider that. And then they have other skills. But on the other side of that coin is what is the balance 
in terms of what is your kryptonite. Yeah, what shuts you down. What shuts you down. You know, so for those of you who are not Superman fans, <laughs> Superman had a weakness. It was called kryptonite. It would nuke Something him. from his planet. Yeah. Like something green and glowing that when he got around it, he got super weak. Okay. I think most people will know that, but I just wanted to put that in there. So what's your kryptonite? So I had a couple of spots of kryptonite. Now, the easy one for me to go to in business at this point is the kryptonite for me today is different than it was earlier on in my business development, my business career. But today it is definitely minutia. Cannot, it, it bakes my brain. So describe minutia. Okay. So for example, I used to do all my calendar stuff for, I'll just use this as an example. And although I was never great at it, I would do it and I would do it. And then, you know, something several years ago, somebody steps in to manage my calendar and manage my emails and do things like that. And the next thing you know, Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Cheryl. <laughs> Thank you, Micah. But I would still try it and I'd screw know, right? it up every You're time. so bad. It was terrible. So the point of it is, is that now it's become my kryptonite. Like I literally am struggling. It's their kryptonite too. <laughs> yeah, I'm their kryptonite. So the point is, is what's your kryptonite? Now, the other thing with me is like, so for example, I can run an Excel spreadsheet. I can do a spreadsheet, but I just hate it so much. I understand accounting. The word puts me to sleep. It's like, don't, like I phone my accountant and it's like, it's hard for me. Yeah. And that's why, you know, what's interesting is that when you got that, when we got that, is then you ended up attracting some of the best people in the world, including Cheryl and Micah and Kelly Hoy and his team, is that when you think about the people that you've attracted to fill that gap. So you don't have to do it anymore because you know it's your kryptonite. You don't step in and try to micromanage these people. You just let them rise and do their gift. Yes, and hopefully I'm uh, I'm and I'm and hopefully I'm able to live my gift and apply my gift on a regular basis, on a daily basis. Well, that's the, what's really cool. And I think that that really needs to be highlighted here is that when, if you keep trying to do the things you're not great at, you're not going to, you're not going to attract the people who that is their gift. That's their superpower. Okay. Well, it's interesting that you should bring that. So hold it. Let's not go there I'll, I'll, because I haven't even told you what I'm going to say in a minute here. Okay, but I want to know what your kryptonite is. My kryptonite, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, detail. Detail is part of my kryptonite. Uh, you probably know my kryptonite more than I do. Mostly detail. You can't, you can't organize things to save your life. What? You can't. You're terrible. No, no, no. Space. Space. Spaces, yeah. I'm a very organized physical, person. You are, but a physical space is, you're just... I walk into a room and I cannot organize it. I know. It's horrible. I've lived with it. I know. Since we, you met me, when we first got together, you cleaned my closet. I have to shake my head. <laughs> but you see it so normally. You see it like it's part of your superpower. I walk into a room and it shuts me down. My brother, Michael, is the same thing. We walk into a place and we like, we I can't organize it. I can't do this. Yeah. And sadly, I've got the gift that I can't. So the point of it is... <laughs> well, that's perfect okay, balance. Okay. So, so the point is, is that's one of my superpowers and it's one of her kryptonites. It's why she married me. So, <laughs> Or you married me. <laughs> okay. The point of it is, is that we want to look at those aspects of our life. And so we don't want to be living our kryptonite. You know, are we putting ourselves in a situation where 
we're living our kryptonite. We're, we're grinding it out, trying to figure this shit out and working on our weaknesses. So this was really cool because in preparation, I did preparate, preparate, preparate. <laughs> I did prepare for this particular <laughs> podcast. And one of the things I wanted to, you know, anyways, I came across a study and the study, and this is a legitimate study. And it, and I don't remember, I didn't make a note here of who ran the study, but it's legit. Anyways, they did a study of the wealthiest, healthiest, and wisest individuals in the world. Okay. I don't know how they rated them, how they got to them, but that's what they did. I'm sure we were part of it. <laughs> no, we weren't part of that one. <laughs> so they asked him, if you could invest your money in what you were good at, what you were average at, or what you were bad at, how would you invest your money? Now, so I'll ask you that question. It's a trick question. It's not a trick question. You're asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. Okay, go. Go. I just asked you the question. What would you invest your money in? What you're good at, what you're average at, or what you're bad at? What I'm good at. Okay. How much of your money would you invest at? All of it. See, that's what the wealthiest, healthiest, and wisest individuals in the world said. So there you go. You pass. That's the thing. But most people go, well, you know, maybe 33, 33, 33 might be a good idea. No, 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 no. Some actually said they wanted to invest their money at what they were bad at. But that's an interesting thing. So more on this conversation in a minute. The point is, is the wealthiest said I would do 80% or 100%, depending on the group. The minimum of what was I'm 80% good at. of what I'm good at. Yeah, me too. Because I would be, I want to be spectacular at it. And some of them went, well, I'd do 80, 10, 10. And it was more like I'm doing that to satisfy what I think the survey was asking me. Oh, that's hilarious. Right? When it, You know, it's funny. You know, somebody said to me one time, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to be the best in the world at something. Mm-hmm. Oh, you are. But I didn't know what it, that was going to be. So I was probably, you know, future state, that that survey. Hilarious. So this is something that we often have seen over the years. And, you know, and, and I'm not what we've seen and heard often and probably as kids growing up, you know, you could have seven A's or seven, you know, B pluses or B's on your report card and you had one D and your parents perhaps said, get that D handled. Right. So they focus on that. They focused on the D, not on the other skills. And so for us as adults, you know, when we look at, when we talk about this, you know, when we have this conversation about what our superpowers are, is tapping into where our curiosity lives, where our interest lives, what do we do that comes naturally or relatively naturally that we have a propensity to be good at. Now, some will be saying, yeah, but how do I make my living doing that? That's a whole different podcast and a whole different thought process. But at the end of the day, this goes back to what we've often talked about in Shift in the coaching program that we did, that we we are now launching again, is really the self-discovery, is understanding what your, our superpowers are often what we're the most passionate about, believe it or not. And they're somewhat invisible. You know, for many people, they don't know what their superpowers are. So that's what I love about the work we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. So there's a... Superpower and fits in. If you're living your superpowers, you're living a pretty aligned life, you know, which is really being with and living our truest self. This is all part of a bigger conversation, of course. But, you know, imagine if you were just living your superpowers, rocking it. 
you know, doing that and and getting paid for it. But here, yes, exactly, and getting paid for it. So take the time is really the question or the the conversation here today is d- taking the time to understand what your superpowers are and what your kryptonite is and starting to separate those two and say, how can I actually be my truest self? How can I live my most aligned life? You know, which goes back to values a conversation always goes back to a values conversation and understanding that part of it so this is some work for listeners to do to just sit back and really reflect on that ask those questions of what is my superpower and then identifying what your kryptonite is don't make it wrong don't feel guilty about it that you're not less than what if when you said earlier if you ask the people closest to you what do you think I'm really, really brilliant at? Mm-hmm. What do you think I'm not so brilliant at? What do you think I suck at? And really hurt it without judgment, without ego, is that you could actually get information from the people that are the closest to you in a way that was very, you know, enlightening and helpful. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would invite you to do. Like I remember when when Tessa asked me about my superpower, I had never considered that is the thing. And when I realized that there's things that I do naturally, worlds that I enter, you know, without judgment, um, and, and things that shut me down, you mm-hmm. know, things that shut me down, um, judgment, judgment is, is, a is a hard one for me, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's a big, but that is also a thing that I'm working on my whole life. But what's really cool about that. So I didn't finish the rest of that story. So one of the things that showed up was, in that particular, when we did that executive, um, when we had our executive team meeting and we were asking and going through the whole exercise of superpower and kryptonite, guess what my kryptonite was? Everybody around the table. And this is, you know, really being really honest with you is a lot of, everybody at the table said one of Patrick's uh, kryptonites is that he takes things as criticism. Even, Even feedback. Feedback is criticism. So he'll do something, I'll give him feedback, and he takes that as criticism when it's just feedback. It doesn't mean that I didn't think he did a great job or that, you know, he's a bad person or that he screwed up, but he hears it as a criticism. And I went, whoa, yeah, you know, I do. So that was interesting. So when I had that brought to my attention and then oh man don't step over this then for for a long time i had to just not comment because what would happen is people give me feedback apparently i got defensive i don't even know like i would say defensive things it's not that i got heated it wasn't that it was just that i would say things that would defend what you what, thought what i did knew. justify quantify yeah. qualify so point is it was the hardest thing initially for me to get over. So in other words, I had to sit. So when people were giving me feedback, I had to just take it and, and shut up. Yeah. You know, what's really cool about that. And I'm, I love you so much because of this growth is that as a coach, my job is to give feedback, right? So Mm -hmm. if you're not in request, I can't give you feedback because you're not in request and you can't grow from the feedback that I see. So from a coaching scenario or standpoint, when your staff or the people around you were giving you feedback and you got defensive, it would shut them down, right? Mm-hmm. So when you got that, 
it was so powerful because everyone around you got to see how generous they could be to give you feedback as to how we could all grow and how we could all become better. And ultimately, what I got to when you got that is that as a coach, I have to be very, very mindful that when I have a client or someone that's close to me that isn't willing or ready to receive the feedback and they feel defensive, that's what you taught me, is that I have to find a way to open the door to give them feedback in a way that they can hear it. Mm-hmm. And that's what the gift that that was for me is because I, I remember back in the, in the early days of our relationship is that, you know, you didn't hear me sometimes. You heard me sometimes, I think, as your dad, or you would say something and I'd give you feedback or I'd, I'd respond and there would be a very harsh, defensive response. And I didn't think that was healthy for A, for our relationship, but B, for you as a man, as a human, as a professional, as, a, and as, a, as an executive. But because of this exercise that we did, the superpower and kryptonite, you were actually able to, and you were committed to moving into understanding what people were, when they were giving you feedback, it was actually from a place of love. Exactly. And then that meant that I had to really understand that the team had no... No judgment. Reason, they had no reason to be critical. They're just giving me feedback. Want some feedback? <laughs> Anyways, the point of it is, is it took me a while. And now it's like I, I demand it. Like I need it. Like I need that feedback. And even if, you know, even when I'm getting, if there, it is critique, it's I also realize that it's critique to help make me better because my team wants to all be better and they want to see me be better. They want the business to be better. So at the end of the day, it, anyways, it was just an interesting thing I got to in my life that really was a big change, but I had to flip it. So the point of that is that as I'm listening to people, I'm having to consciously say to myself, they're not saying this from any other place, but to help me elevate my game and to make me better. And that's all, that's all I had. But it, I had to consciously think that because if I went back into the old patterns, it was like, who the hell are you to judge me? Or who the hell are you to criticize me? Those are old patterns. Now, this is what's interesting where this leads to about superpowers. And the other part of this study that was very interesting, and I've done this myself, so I really relate to it, which is if people have certain jobs that they do, okay? And within that context, they're really good at their job. So how they view their job. So they did this other study and this, I'm going to, I'm trying to get through this so that you hear it and then you, I want your comment. Okay. So they do a survey at the hospitals and they're surveying staff. This is an HR thing. This is, I think a U.S. study, doesn't matter. The point is, is they do a view of, they do a study and how people view their jobs. Is it meaningful? Okay. The point is, is that when you have a meaningful job, of course, when you're doing a, what you think is a meaningful job, it's freaking awesome, right? You love your job. you like, it's meaningful. That's when you're doing meaningful. You're making a difference. Right. When you're doing meaningful work, you're making a difference. It's great. When you're doing meaningless work, it's a grind, mm. right? And meaningless work will always, not always, I don't want to speak in those terms. Meaningless work will often mean that you're not living your superpower. You're not applying your superpower. Now, here's what's interesting about that. These all connect, by the way. So they rephrase the question slightly, and 
then they went to ask the same question of hospital workers that were the the cleaning staff you know the the they were mopping housekeeping housekeeping all of it right like that those what you might most would consider those meaning me, meaningless. No, no, minimal. Oh, minimal. Wow. Service staff. Service staff. Hmm. Okay, at the hospitals. Now, here's just interesting. They interviewed a number of immigrants who came to this country, came to Canada and the U.S., came to North America. We'll call it U.S. and Canada, anyways. And they ask them the same question. And the most happy people were those that saw their job, they're cleaning, they're doing all those really what most would consider crappy jobs. And they're going, this is an important part of our healthcare. Yes. Without me, this person will not get healthy. So they held it as a very meaningful part of somebody's health, of the healthcare system. It, they didn't look at it as a crappy, low-paid job. They looked at it, well, I'm here, I'm important. So that was a shift and that was an interesting flip of a switch for me when you look at it and go, oh, isn't that interesting? It's how you look at it. So funny story, my grandma, my mom's mom, was in charge of the home care staff at the at the uh, Charles Campbell Hospital in Edmonton. That was her job. She was in charge of the people that washed the sheets, that took care of the kitchen, that made sure the, the floors were cleaned. That was her job, housekeeping. She was so proud. When she would come home at night, she was fulfilled. I remember my grandma, I'd go and stay with her and I'd go, how was your day, grandma? She said, it was amazing. We took care of the hospital. My staff, we sanitized the sheets. We took care of the, the corners. We, we, we cleaned the floors. Mm -hmm. There was so much pride in that. And I, I also, at that same time, found a place of honor with her because she saw that what she was doing mattered. It mattered not only to her and her staff, but to the people that they were serving, the patients, the people that were having surgery, for example. Mm. The fact that they took so much pride in cleaning the hospital. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we have that anymore. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, but when I did this, and this, I'll share a quick story that I've, I don't think I've ever shared with you even, is that when I was in uh, elementary school in Edmonton, there was a janitor and his name was Mr. Myers. Now, Mr. Myers was really, you know, like for the kids in those days, you know, the janitor was everything. They were, they were there and they were kind of also the hallway monitors and they kept the kids in order sometimes. And I don't know, they, to me, they were always still, a, they were such a big part of the school. You often saw them. In our school too. Yeah. And I don't know if that's still the case, of course, I don't know. But anyways, the point is this, is that Barry, his son, was one of my best buddies. Barry didn't have a lot of pride in what his dad did. He was actually a little bit embarrassed by what his dad did as a janitor. Wow. Yet I was always a little bit confused by that. So go ahead, you know, 30 years, I run into the now, you know, 75 or 80 year old Mr. Myers, and I'm having a conversation with him. And, you know, I, I'm reminiscing about when we were in elementary school and I remember him and he had the big mop and he'd go down and do all this thing. And, 
what he brought up in the conversation that we're, we were having was how important he saw his role in having conversation with the kids. Didn't really say much about cleaning the hallways, but really it was him having conversation with the kids. He was a disciplinarian. Like you, you know, if he saw you running, he would slow you down. If you weren't cleaning your boots or doing whatever, the point was is that he saw his role as having an impact on the kids from keeping them safe to keeping them in line. And so he held his position as quite important. As with honor. And he did it for years and he was happy to do it. Barry, I don't know if Barry ever had pride in who his dad was and what his dad did for a living. Interesting how that perspective is. So what has this all got to do with superpowers? I'm not sure. Well, Other than, stop, 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 stop. Don't step over that. Maybe Mr. Hold it, maybe Mr. Myers' yes. superpower was the ability to connect with the kids. And what he used was the vehicle. It's like what I say with the hockey players. Hockey's your vehicle. It's not the end game. You play a game. Hockey can't love you. You can love hockey, but it can't love you back. Same with Mr. Myers. He loved the kids. And the vehicle was the fact that he could clean and, and mop and take care and stop the kids from running and clean their boots and teach values, right? So when you when you see something bigger, that's where I think we find and we can discover our superpowers. We can. Now... As we wind this down, and hopefully we've kind of hit on some things, you know, one of the things that I want to just touch on around superpowers is superpowers, as much as they come natural, or doesn't mean you're not working on them. And you have to develop that superpower. You always have to be working on it and doing things, you know, like that's where your interest is. That's where your curiosity is. That's where your confidence is. You know, I know that as a coach over the years, I know one of my superpowers is my ability to hear and see things in a weird way in my brain that cuts to what it is, what the real issues are. Now, it's taken me some time to identify that, but I know it's there now. I trust it. And I now know how to develop a little bit, but there are two things that we have to look at. And that is when it comes to superpowers is our hard skills and soft skills. So hard skills are our ability to, let's say, work on Excel or do math or do speaking, uh, write a script. So those things that are measurable. Okay. Soft skills are those things that are more emotional. There's our ability to listen. It's our compassion. It's our empathy. Those are soft skills. It takes those two things. Now, if you've got these great hard skills, but you don't have the soft skills, you could be a great leader, but you're an asshole, right? <laughs> because you don't have any empathy and compassion. You don't or you even, don't see the value in and it. And you don't see the value in it. Having said that, you can't go through the world just feeling good. You know, you got to have, you know, you can't run a business with just empathy and compassion. You have to have some hard skills and you have to develop them. Now, part of the superpowers conversation and the kryptonite conversation is understanding that as you evolve and grow into your career, into your businesses or whatever you got going on, your soft skill may be some of your kryptonite. Now, we know this with as coaching clients, we know some real intellects that 
are engineer brains, what we call engineer or accounting brains, where they're very intellectual and they lack some of the soft skills, but they got amazing hard skills. And so their kryptonite is those soft skills. And then the vice and vice versa, you've got those real creative people that they've got all the empathy and all the compassion and all the emotionality of it, but they couldn't pay a bill. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So these are the reason we want to go through that is to identify. And those are just some tips for people to understand where they are. You know, it's really funny. You know, a few years ago, I one of our businesses in Skate Tech Group, a group of companies, we um, met a guy named George. And, you know, we were, we were, I was hanging out and we were trying to build a business and do websites and all this stuff. And I remember him saying, so, so what do you, you know, what, what, what is it you want to bring to the world and what are you doing? And da da da. So we were talking about, and he was trying to, pull stuff out of me. And I said, you know, George, I'm not a very nice person. And that's one of my strengths. And he said, what? He goes, you're really nice. I go, actually, no, I'm not. People don't see me as a nice person. I'm not friendly in a way that people see friendly people. I'm not social the way that people see social, but I I'm so committed to athletes being their best self. I'm so committed to people being and living their best life. And that means that sometimes I can come across as crass or or unemotional. And he said to me, I remember him saying to me, he said, but that's a gift. See? Just like that. Just like that. Stephanie, thanks for doing this podcast. Folks, if you're interested in joining us in shift and are launching our shift program again the setting intentions for no setting, setting honest, honest intentions, intentions for, for transformation setting honest intentions for transformation join us we kick off in may and you can go to ishiftthinking.com or or .ca ishiftthinking.ca or you can go to the everyday millionaire podcast the everydaymillionaire.ca And there's a link in there and get all the information that you need. We'd love to have you join us. We're taking applications for that program. We'd love to have you join us. We're having fun with it. And, uh, you know, it really is a journey of personal discovery. We're on it with you because we're constantly. And we're not perfect. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? (laughs) Okay. Thanks, Stephanie. Thanks, everybody. That was fun. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. If you found value in the podcast, please take the time to rate and review and share with others, share with your friends. As it is my goal to always improve and to provide the highest value for you, the listener, if you have any comments, suggestions, or questions you'd like answered, please email me at ceo at raincanada.com. That's ceo at reincanada.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, Patrick out.